anything that is worth getting is going to take work. Mm. If you think that it's going to come simple, sit your ass in the corner and just take a timeout mm. because it's not going to happen. Everything is possible. Just hustle. Just hustle. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, a state in entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. Everything is possible, just hustle. Just hustle. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. Where you're going to learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. It's your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. Billionaire, a.k.a. BDK. And if you are not ready to take your life to the next level, then do not hit play on this podcast, plain and simple. We're going to have uncomfortable conversations in this podcast. Um, So if you are ready to take your life to the next level... Then go ahead and join and listen to all the other uh, episodes. And uh, matter of fact, make sure you guys subscribe. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, subscribe to my YouTube because whether it's my music, the book that I'm release that I release, and also the books that I got coming, and the music that I got coming, and everything else, it's all about motivating you to get to the next level in your life. But uh, man, I just got done doing an interview with uh, somebody that uh, is just crushing it right now. They are killing it. Um, But before we get into that episode, um, I do want to share with you guys some stuff that uh, we got going on. Matter of fact, with that guy, and I don't want to say the name just yet. Just wait till he literally brought dragon fire to this episode literally like we're (laughs) you guys will hear why it was literally dragon fire that he was spitting um but uh with that being said uh we are working on something together i'm excited for that um by the time this comes out i can't wait to see how far that project is um but overall today actually i just recorded a uh, song called winner's circle and actually by the time this podcast airs also it might be out already winner's circle if you are somebody that wants more out of life this song is for you so if it is out go check it out and either way just go to billy the kid on spotify on apple music wherever else you listen to music um whether it's that song or have some other anthems on there that i will get you hyped that will get you to exercise and and to work and hustle do whatever you got to do uh but winter circle should be out by the time this episode airs so check that song out everywhere youtube and everywhere else uh and we are also still lending uh money if those of you who are interested in a real real estate transaction uh, it has to be real estate. We are lending uh, money right now. So if you're interested, hit me up. Uh, and then overall, guys, this episode, I'm excited because uh, it is somebody that is in the mastermind, the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind group. And uh, every single guy in there is just killing it, guys. And and you guys will hear for yourselves. Uh, we have none other than million dollar james on this episode and and you guys will hear how he's just killing it with uh financially business but most importantly his personal life you guys are gonna get to hear the great stuff that he has going and also i am super proud to call him 
a member of the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind, and not just the mastermind, but also the one-on-one coachings that I'm doing. Uh, and you guys will hear a little bit about uh, the background behind the one-on-one coaching that he's experiencing right now. Uh, literally, we're we're actually still doing the one-on-one coaching, and um, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Anybody out there interested in joining the mastermind, hit up info at Billy the Kid. Uh, also, if you are interested in the one-on-one. Uh, it is completely sold out currently, but uh, I am going to open up some spots for 2023. So send an email with your story and why, uh, what it is that you're doing and what you want to do in life. So that way we can consider you for 2023 one-on-one coaching. And if you're listening out of town, uh, we I have people that are doing the one-on-one coaching out of town. Uh, it doesn't have to be in the backyard. Uh, we, we definitely uh, can can help you change your life. So info at Billy the Kid if you're interested in the mastermind and or the one-on-one coaching. But with that being said, guys, I am super excited to bring in Million Dollar James. With that being said, here is the episode where he is speaking dragon fire. Vamos. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Billy the Kid with Million Dollar James. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I just can't do that. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> that was actually really good. Uh, I should probably just hire you to do him every time. I am expensive for that stuff, <laughs> yeah. just so you know. Can't afford you. Um, they don't call me Million Dollar James for nothing. <laughs> there you go. So I'm super excited, man, because uh, I feel like it's been a long time coming for this. Would you agree? 50 years. It's <laughs> <laughs> a go. long time, right? Uh, I'm excited because uh, you have a lot of wisdom and and I can't wait to just dive in and basically see what what goes in your brain, man. What what do you got going on? Because you're you're making a lot of moves that uh, we're going to touch on today. And, uh, and uh, again, I'm super excited. Now, I would love to hear, first of all, before we kind of dive into the, the journey that we're about to have here, um, what is, when I ask you this question, what is one book that has changed your life? Do I really have to say it on air? Yes. So honestly, I had not read for a book for a long time. Um, I've been in retail sales for what, 27 years now. And sometimes you just quit reading and you quit growing and stuff. And uh, so we met what, about three years ago, right? Yeah. And stuff. And uh you know, just a guy that I met that was going to come over and do a little bit of construction for me at one of my rentals. And here we are today. And uh, so actually, boom, boom. Love it, man. That's the first book I read in almost 20 years. And, and I can honestly tell you that it's it set me on a totally different track as far as as where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, because we all come up, come from a little bit and of for a, those of the ones that are listening, if you could give the title of the book that you just showed it to the camera. It is uh, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. Boom. Um, just as this right here is very uncomfortable. I'm not a guy that likes to uh, be in front of anything. Um, although I've been doing a lot of videos the last six months, it's still, um, everybody tells me I do it a lot better. But to me, it's still, um, I don't like to be the center of attention or anything like that. Um, I'm kind of like the, the guy um, behind the scene is what I kind of like to do, you know? So for me, reading that book, it really, yeah, I was going to ask you why that book, um, you know, number one, it was yours. I have respect for you. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of knew a little bit of your story 
but I wanted to know more of the story and stuff. And I barely put that book down, I'll be honest and stuff. Um, you know, it's going to be funny because it's not like it's a, you know, New York bestseller. There's probably some, excuse my friend, some assholes out there that'll say, oh, the grammar is not good. The sentence structure is not good. Who gives a crap? It's telling the story of who you are, where you came from and where you're going to. Mm. And that's huge because every one of us has a different story and a different path to where we're going in life and where we have been in life and stuff. So, but, um, you know, after reading that, I just kind of, if you can do what you've done coming from where you are or where you were or where you started, what's stopping me from pushing my journey to another level? Mm. Man, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thank you. So that is book of the week today, guys. Uh, the Power of Being Uncomfortable by yours truly. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. My wife has even read this book, which she does not like to read either. And I can honestly tell you that, um, well, she would send me pictures of her reading it when I was out doing other things because she knew that I wanted her to read this. And as she started reading it, she couldn't put it down either mm. and stuff. So that was, uh, for me, that was kind of a game changer too, as far as what we're doing. Um, just so, you know, anybody out there listening, you know, if your significant other or your spouse is not behind you or helping to push you to the next level, you have some work to do still. Um, because for me personally, if she was not there to help me with a lot of things that I'm doing, to sit behind me sometimes and just keep pushing me, um, we wouldn't be moving as quickly as what we are right now and stuff. And we've... Um, this year for the first time ever, I actually wrote down my goals and, and she read them. So she always knew I had goals, but didn't know what they were. Mm. And once she actually seen that, um, that changed her mindset too. Mm. So, man, love it, love it, man. Starting with fire already. Um, I, I do want to, uh, while I have you here, ask you because uh, the, the thing is that we run a very nice winning uh mastermind that you're part of yes. and uh i want to thank you for being a member since they won and you actually never left like you you stayed and and also i do want to give you credit where it's due because when i opened up a certain amount of spots in the mastermind you were the second person in there to jump on it uh you you reached out right away after that meeting that we had and here we are a few months later, um, and I am very, extremely happy with all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, I, I just want to tell you that I'm very, very proud of everything that you got going on. I appreciate that. Um, with that being said, I would like to ask you a few questions. Uh, since you're part of the mastermind and you also are doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, I would like to ask you kind of the same questions for both, if you don't mind. Um, so the first one, the, and we'll go with the mastermind first. The first question that I have is, what do you think of the mastermind overall? Overall, um, I'll be honest, eight months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, I would never, I didn't even know what the hell a mastermind really was, you know, like probably a lot of us. Um, and if you don't know what a mastermind is, you really need to look it up and stuff and um, keep pushing in life. But um, overall, our mastermind is phenomenal. I mean, we have a good group of guys and it's crazy. I mean, I think our youngest is what, 21 and our oldest mm -hmm. is 60. Mm -hmm. And so the crazy thing is, guys, guess what? That 60-year-old dude, man, VCG, that guy has got fire and enthusiasm. And so it doesn't matter what age you're at. And then 
Then we got Tony, the youngest one in there. And he, he has wisdom so far, you know, above his age and stuff, you know? So um, I think we have a great, great group of guys that just bring a lot of fire every day. And um, I'm very thankful, honestly, to be in it because every person in here pushes me to that next level. And when I'm having that, you know, maybe I'm off a little bit that day and uh, we have a group text that we all, and God, I don't know. What's the early somebody's up like four o'clock, three 30 in the morning. These guys are already texting and stuff as I'm kind of snoozing a little bit. Still, I get up at five and I already feel like I'm a, uh, I need to get my ass in gear at that point. So mm. it's, it's a phenomenal group. That's for sure. What has changed uh, for you since working with us? It's probably more a question of what hasn't changed. Um, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm down about 17 pounds for one thing. Um, the guns are getting a little bigger again. Um, you know, just the whole outlook on everything that I am trying to do has changed, you know, um, you know, we've discussed it before, you know, I'm sitting there bitching cause I can't buy any houses because of the fact that I'm not, you know, I think everything's too expensive and I'm just really what it was is I wasn't putting enough action in, you know, my confidence was, you know, I'd put in offers and, you know, got blown out of the water and stuff. So my confidence was probably down a little bit. I wasn't doing the action that needed to be done. And I didn't have all the positivity around me and stuff. So that is, so I really, I, I guess I can't narrow it down to one thing. It's just like everything in my life has changed to a different trajectory. You know, everything is just moving. And, and even the days that I have a little plateau, you know what, somebody says something, whether it's in a text, somebody, you know, in the group or somebody sends me one personal or whatever it is, it's just, you know what, get your ass moving. So mm. it's huge every day. Man, I love it. Love it. And what is, uh, how was, how was your, the business that you're in, how was your business before and how is it after now with the mastermind? Before it was stagnant. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I, I bought a few rentals. I thought I was, you know, going to build a little quicker and really didn't, um, you know, in the last 60 days I've, I've purchased three properties, um, you know, including one off the MLS, one wholesale, and uh, one that was found for me that I would have never, ever known about and everything. And part of it is a big part of it is that mastermind because of doing the videos on social media that I would have never, ever, ever done. Because as I said earlier, I don't like to be in front of the camera and be in the forefront of anything. You know, um, I'm just kind of like the guy behind the scenes is what I've always wanted to do. What is a key takeaway that you take from the group that get uncomfortable mastermind? Being uncomfortable. That's what we do. I mean, every time that seems like somebody gets comfortable, we're always, something else is getting put out there to be uncomfortable. And it's the accountability. You know, I mean, you, you know, we have our goals for the month starting out right away every month and everybody in the group knows it. Okay. If you're not doing what you said you're going to do, somebody's going to call you out, you know, um, no matter who it is, you know, and somebody's going to speak up, they're going to say it. One of my favorite things is when like somebody says, I want to, or I'm probably, they get called out, you know, and stuff. And that's the great thing about it. And I love that because I'll call anybody out. I don't even care. Just like the questions you're asking me, you know that you're going to get what you get. Don't ask me any question you don't want the honest truth about. Boom. And uh, what are some things that you've learned that you can share uh, from the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind? 
you know, probably one of the biggest things is to have confidence in myself. Um, we all, no matter where you come from, you've, you know, as a kid or high school or even in college, whatever it is, there's always people that are creeping in the back of your mind saying you can't do this, or, you know, you're not going to be successful because of this or something, you know, and there's, there's always that, that thing that sticks in your, in your mind. And you and I were talking about the other day is, um, you know, watched uh, the movie about, uh, you know, mercy me and stuff and how, you know, his dad always told him he was not going to be anything and that stuck in his brain forever and stuff. Um, it's kind of a religious movie, but it's a phenomenal movie. Um, ended up being like their number one song. They've had like 21 number one songs since and everything, but there's always that, that person that creeps in the back of your mind that tells you you can't do anything. And guess what I say? Screw that shit. Let's get it. You know, one, two, five. What would you rate the group star rate? One to five. Which way are we going? <laughs> five top. Five top. <laughs> well, we know it's a five for sure. Um, it's probably above that because the expectations that I had coming in, um, I honestly didn't know what the hell it was. You know, um, and we've discussed this before. I mean, if you go back to six months ago, you would have never got me in here and never been doing this and everything. So, um, if you have the opportunity to come and join us, you're stupid if you don't, okay? But if you don't come and join us, you need to find something else to do that. If, if you know, maybe our mastermind is not right for you, okay? But if you truly, not only want to start doing better in business, but just become a more rounded person in life, have a better relationship with your spouse, your family, your friends, um, if you have any, um, you know, but there's just so much that can be added to your life. Um, I think I talked about it last, last week, you know, the average uh, male in America lives to be 76 years old. Why the hell do you want to have a bad day? Mm. Make everyone of them count. I'm 50 years old. If I was average and I'm not, I've got 26 years left on this earth. Okay. You better make them all count. And uh, I'm going to ask you the same questions, James, because again, I am grateful that uh, you are part of the family, man. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same questions for the one-on-one -on -one coaching, because like I said, you made the jump as soon as I offered it. And if that doesn't tell you guys listening, watching, however you guys are doing it, if it doesn't tell you anything, then what does? Because uh, just like I'm, I'm a student at heart. I know you are too. And, and I would also be a liar if I didn't accept that I've learned a lot from you as well. So I want to thank you that. for that. Uh, but the one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you kind of the, the same questions. Uh, and we, we kind of have some behind the scenes going. We're, we're just doing it. Uh, so I'm going to ask you the same questions. Uh, those of you watching, that's kind of what's going on. Uh, the same questions about the one-on-one -on -one coaching that we've done. So the first question that I have is, um, what do you think of the one-on-one -on -one coaching overall? Overall, I think it's been great. Um, I've learned a ton of different things, especially, um, how to live my life better in a lot of, I mean, cause you've brought so many different things to the forefront, different books, different quotes, which you're huge on quotes. I, sometimes I can't remember all the quotes. I got like weird things, you know, like my, my favorite quote in the world is don't be an asshole, you know, short, sweet, simple. You have ones that are like three paragraphs long and you remember them. I don't know how you do it, but it's great. Um, but they're always, 
it's always a learning lesson. Like you will be talking about something and you have an analogy that is followed up with this quote and it just brings everything together at the same time. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And what has changed for you since working on the one-on-one? A lot of the same things as the mastermind. It's just that it's, it's even more compact and like, I know which direction I'm going. Like, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, um, you know, I, I originally was going to be a flipper. That was like my goal uh, three years ago. You know, I mean, we're all watching all this HGTV crap and, you know, we can all become multimillionaires and everything. Um, now I've just wanted to become more of an entrepreneur, um, building wealth through the birth system. Um, not that we're doing a flip. We're actually working on a flip right now, but um, there's a time and a place for everything and just learning to have more exit strategies. You know, if we walk into one of these homes with one exit strategy, um, we're not going to be working on another home probably because we screwed up and stuff. So that's a lot of what you've brought to me. Mm. And what has changed for you since working with the one-on-one uh, and it, more specifically with your business, how was your business before and how is it after the one-on-one? Um, before the one-on-one, it was, um, I really was not moving forward at all. Um, I, I almost, I'll be honest, I was almost to a, to a spot where I was just like, am I making the right decisions? You know, is this really what I need to do? Um, or do I need to figure out another way to keep building wealth? Um, you know, you and I working together on the different things that we have discussed and, you know, you even coined flip burr, you know, and stuff. So you're going in, we're going into a house, looking at it as the same way as what we would have flipped. Okay. Can we go in here and burr this house and come out not having any money out of our pocket at the end of the day, or additional money in our pocket because what we bought it for versus what we put into it versus what it was appraised out at, you know, just finding all the different ways to win. Hmm. And what is a key takeaway that you've uh, gotten out of the one-on-one? Hmm. You're really going to make me think that hard today, aren't you? <laughs> um, let me get back to that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you, probably the, the biggest thing is honestly just surrounding yourself with the right people. You've really not only in the mastermind, but in our one-on-one, you've really discussed that a lot as far as, um, you know, we discussed that. Like I started taking toxicity out of my life a couple of years ago and everything because it not even on a business sense, but as a personal, it's just like, it'll start to bury you, you know, just because of the fact that it's like, you have this weight of negativity that's on your shoulders all the time. And it's not only in, in business, but it's in your personal life, you know, and the, the negativity, I mean, you want negativity, man, be a salesperson in a franchise, uh, new car sales store. Those guys are all negative. They hate their wives. They hate their family. They hate their life and stuff. And those guys are on you and stuff, but, but just kicking all that type of stuff out of my life has just been huge. And you've helped me understand that of how important it really is and to just keep pushing forward and, and finding more positive people to stay around you. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And you mentioned that uh, you were almost to a point where you almost gave up even, well, you know, quote unquote, uh, if you could, if you don't mind sharing since the one-on-one and, you know, and it's not just me taking care of it, because obviously you're putting, you're literally putting the groundwork, like you're literally like building this whole thing from scratch. But if you don't mind sharing how much, I don't know if you want to call it money, but I know the word that you're going to use. 
but uh, how much have you seen your financial state grow since? So I'm in the middle right now of a burr that's almost done. And so we started what, May, June? So let's just say, let's just put it at the end of November when that one there is done, um, I'll put $100,000 wealth to my bottom line. Mm. And that doesn't include the flip that's going on right now. Love it, love it. And then one to five star rate, how would you rate the one-on-one? 20. It's been tons and tons of help of just, we've discussed hours and hours and hours, probably more hours than what you thought. Probably got sick of me once in a while. Um, the phone calls, the texts, the, you know, face-to-face. I know our, our both of our wives know if we get on the phone or if we say, hey, I got to go meet Billy at this house and we're going to look at things. I'll be back in 15 minutes. They both say, see you in three hours. Um, just because we start, you know, banging things off each other, different ideas and, and talking about different things, uh, not only business-wise, but just in our life. We both, you know, come from very different backgrounds um, and we can discuss a lot of different things. Hmm. And then last question I got based on that is for the one-on-one, would you recommend the one-on-one? Absolutely. Just as I do the mastermind, um, just the value that is there. You know, I mean, we, we know guys that do spend what 40, 50, 60,000 dollars on a one on one sessions or masterminds or whatever it is. And uh, thank goodness you're not that expensive yet. Yeah. Someday I'm telling you guys, but get on early, it's going to cost you a lot of money later. Mm. Love it, love it, man. Uh, well, thanks, James. I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I figured I would just ask you these questions for everybody listening. Uh, because again, I'm a student myself and I believe in investing yourself. So anybody out there listening, hit us up, hit up James, hit me up. If you're interested in the mastermind, maybe you want to go that route first so you can check out what we got going on. As of right now, uh, technically I am sold out as far as the one-on-ones, because again, I am big on giving the time to James and to everybody else that's doing the one-on-ones. But if you send info at billythekid.com an email, uh, if you are interested in the one-on-ones and or the mastermind, uh, we'll get back to you and let you know kind of where everything's at, even if you just get on the wait list for the one-on-one. So because of you also, James, I'm living my dream. So thank you again. I want to honor you for that. And again, I'm learning from you every day as well. So I want to thank you for the partnership, the friendship and everything we got going on. Do you have any flowers for me? Yes, I do. I'm going to bring them out here in a bit. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, I want to dig into your story a little bit. Um, and if we could start with, uh, where are you from? Where is Million Dollar James from? Um, I'm actually, I was born here in Lincoln, um, moved to Southwest Nebraska, um, young. I, I really don't remember um, living here in Lincoln, except for the stories that, you know, I, I was told, you know, I guess I was goofy, like all kids probably. Um, grew up in a town, honestly, about 360 people in the middle of uh, nowhere out by McCook, if anybody knows where that's at. Um and then, uh, you know, uh, let's see, I moved to uh, Milford about 20 miles from here as a freshman, and that's where I went to high school at. And then I came in here to UNL. Um, Is, so that's how you end up in Lincoln then? Yeah, yeah. I just came here to college. And uh, how I, was it growing up with your parents? Uh, was it entrepreneurial or how, like, like what was the teachings like? No, home? it was, uh, it was worker bee. My old man worked his ass off, you know, and that's, and, and I still do today and stuff. And, and we were, you know, um, just raised that way. I mean, you know, my, both my older brothers are both retired from the army. 
and stuff. So thank you boys for that uh, very much. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, my sister, very hard worker, actually, she is uh, she's a massage therapist. No ma has been for like 25 years. COVID kicked the crap out of her a little bit, but she's on her way back and stuff. Um, me, I've just, for the most part, I've always, you know, like, I don't even think twice about working 70, 80 hours a week. It's not even a big deal to me and everything. It's like, what's more fun though now is I'm working a lot more on my stuff. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I was in the, still am in the car business, worked in franchise stores as a manager for many, many moons. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd work, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. That was like, not even a big deal. Um, got treated like crap most every day. Um, you know. All right. So I, the, we'll, we'll jump on that. Uh, you're a car business, uh, person, car salesman, uh, you know, if I would have met you at a car lot, I probably wouldn't like you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Were you the ones that would no, come up to the car um, and knock on my window? Actually, no, that I was just the opposite of that. <laughs> I've always actually been a relationship salesperson, mm. um, which used to drive, um, when I was a salesperson, of course, used to drive my managers nuts and stuff because I would spend what they would consider too much time mm-hmm. with, you know, the client and stuff. But, you know, um, went over the entire vehicle and tried to get to know who they were, mm. you know, what, why they were really there and everything um, and stuff. So, yeah, I was not that guy. As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. Um, I had helped my ex-wife's sister and husband one time and uh, it was really weird, but then I ended up marrying her, didn't know her back then or anything. <laughs> where does that sound? They told me, like once they met me that they said you wouldn't, that they both said this kid will never make it in the car business. Wow. 27 years later, still doing it. Mm. Um, but it's, it, but it's because I wasn't that pushy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just like very nonchalant as, as knowledgeable. Um, again, like we talked about, we're always knowledge. I, I like, you know, gaining knowledge, no matter what I am, I, I want to know as much as possible about everything that I'm doing. And, uh, so yeah, I you probably would have liked me just because of the fact that I I wasn't that pushy mm. guy that I would have. No, and and you know, it, it, jokes aside, uh, shout out to all the car salesmen because it is it, you know you going up to a car takes guts, and I I feel like oh, yeah. sales. Those of you listening, if you want to get into sales, you got to have guts to get into sales. So, uh, but with that being said, with all the years of experience that you've accumulated, I would love to hear. Shoot, man, with all the experience you have, what are the top 10 sales things that you could teach us today? Uh, I used to be a telemarketer. Yeah, I'm giving you 10. I, I was going to say five, but I know. I don't with even all know the- if I know 10. <laughs> all right, top five. What are top five things that somebody out there that's in sales needs to know? Some five, like five tips that you could give them right Mine now. Mine are probably going to be different from somebody else's, but you know what? You, you have to have integrity. Mm. You have to have honesty um no bullshit you know um just tell it how it is um you have to have work ethic you know you uh you definitely have to work hard and you can't be scared Mm. Mm. you know don't be scared uh can you dig a little bit deeper on that what do you mean by don't be scared well you know when you have so many people coming in every day um especially in the franchise stores you know guys um people out there buy cars every day you don't know how hard it is to be a salesman in a franchise store when you got rebates and everybody think you know and cars are expensive man they're it's it's nuts trying to buy a car um 
but there's really not a lot of margins. I mean, there's a lot of times, man, you'll beat that salesman up and you're with him for five, six, seven hours and he made a hundred bucks mm. <laughs> and that's it and stuff. And, and you're still not even nice to him, you know, and um, it's, uh, it's, it's devastating being a salesperson. But the craziest thing about it is, I think it's something like 97, 98% of all the money I made in the world is from salespeople, you know? Wow. And, and the one thing about it is, guess what? Everybody's a salesperson. Mm. If, if you're not sound bad, if you're the guy at, at the bar, you're selling yourself to the girl you're trying to pick up or vice versa. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't think about. You know, if you're a contractor and you are going to give a bid to a customer, okay, you're not a contractor anymore. You're a salesperson at that point and stuff. And you have to think of it that way. You know, you can't just go, well, I'm just a contractor. No, you're not just a contractor. You're actually a contractor. You're, if you're out there doing it yourself, you're a craftsman on top of it. And of course, now you're a salesperson, mm. you know, and you're probably an employer providing income and a job for somebody else too. Mm. So, man, that, you know, that, that hits home for me because I feel like everything that I do for one, you have to be yourself, be yourself. And once you're yourself, you could literally sell water to a lake house. You know, uh, I mean, you, you could literally do that uh, because you're being yourself. And I, I feel like you just touched on that a little bit there. Um, because even with me, you know, doing the music stuff, writing books and all that, and the real estate, the con- you know, the contracting right. stuff, I'm just being myself. I mean, I've met some cool ass people while I'm being a contractor, right? Like if I have my contractor hat on, I, I met some cool people. And, and you also touched on that, um, just overall relationships. Um, can you school us a little bit about just relationships? Like what, what, what are relationships to you and how do you stay away from some? How do you add a relationships to your life? How does that work? Usually I, I add them just because somebody has been such an ass, I'll be honest, um, or get rid of them, I guess I should say. Um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's kind of weird, you know, but um, they always say that like every person has a, you know, a spirit animal or whatever, you know, whatever it is you, that you are. And I always come back to the fact that I feel like I'm a wolf because I can survive on my own. Okay. But I can also survive in a pack and stuff. And it's, um, it's how I read those people in there and stuff. I, that's one thing is being a salesperson for as long as I have, I get really pissed off. I'll be honest, if I don't read somebody correctly. You know, because that's one of those things that I take pride in. That I can read people and stuff. Usually within about the first two or three minutes, I kind of know exactly where I'm at with this person and stuff. And so when somebody gets something over on me, um, it's everything I, I have just to like not explode at that point, because I feel like something that's pretty near and dear to me, which is myself and the relationships I'm building, somehow like this, this little mole like went underground on me somehow and, and poked up in my life mm. that just don't make me very happy. So, mm. um, I, I'm not, I don't bring a lot of people in my life. Uh, I've probably kicked more people out of my life in the last five years than what I've let in. Mm. Uh, how, like, what's the process that you've kind of done? Uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned at one point was, uh, you get to a certain age where you just don't care what people think, for example. And I feel like all that kind of, and it's something that I've learned from you. Uh, it, I feel like that kind of ties up to like kicking people out of your life, if you will. Like what, what, um, 
so when when it's James looking at this person or a group of people, like how how do you determine that? I what just, are some I of just, the like red flags to, that you look for and stuff? I, I look to see if they're an asshole for one, um, and how they're they're treating their other people. And I one of my biggest things, man, if you're treating an animal kid or your significant other like crap, there there's no room in my life for you, you know, because that's just going to tell me that those that are the people that are supposed to be um, the closest to you in your life, you have no respect. You show them no dignity. Um, why in the heck would I let you into my life? You know, you are just a no good toxic person as far as I'm concerned at that point. Mm. Uh, you talked about reading people. Uh, can you dig a little bit deeper on that? Like how, like, what does that mean? How do you read people? For somebody out there you know, listening I, that maybe is lacking in that this area. This sounds bad. It just all comes from your gut. Mm. You know, if you you have to trust your gut reaction to somebody, um, and it becomes harder as we uh, become adults, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that they'll go back to this. And sorry, guys, I, I, I like kids and animals. I, I love them both dearly, but you know what? If somebody gets around your kid and they're, and they don't want nothing to do with them or they cry or your dog that's never, you know, hurt anything in its life growls at somebody. If they're in your house, get them the hell out of it and uh, run as fast as you can in the opposite direction, because there's something, there's some crazy sixth sense that animals and, and kids have. And, and for some reason, as we get older, it seems like we do kind of lose it a little bit, you know, and so if they just pick it up immediately and everything, me, I just go on a gut reaction. If there's something that, um, for some reason inside me says, mm, no, then there's not even another step forward towards that person in my life. Wow. I love that. And kind of give me chills a little bit because uh, that is so true. I feel like the way the kids act and we've kind of conversated on this a little bit in the, in the past, uh, the way the kids act is a reflection of the parents yes. and not just kids, but also pets because uh it's something that we've talked about even my pet the the dog that i have um i feel like um he's so calm and you've mentioned that and i and you also mentioned you you know before all this recording and all that you mentioned that uh when you first met my dog you were like you know he's so he's so calm like he's all loving and you said it it's a reflection of you and your wife yeah. uh and the more I started thinking about that, the more I d dug in. And it's true. I, I started kind of almost comparing the dogs that I do know. And I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Like, that's right. why they act the way they do with certain people in my life. <laughs> that well, you look at most crazy dogs, they, have, they live in a crazy house. Mm. You know, if there's always like anxiety and animosity and like, you know, or maybe, you know, or maybe somebody just has a really busy life, though, too, you know, and stuff. So if that life is busy, well, guess what? That creature may be on edge and stuff just because they don't know what the heck's going on from one day to the next and everything like that. And I mean, kids even go through that. You know, if you have a busy family, um, just as we need a break sometimes as adults, you know, sometimes a kid just is like, no, I, I just want to chill out at home mm. and stuff. Or maybe they, they have a sanctuary home that they go to sometimes just to chill out for the day or whatever it may be, you know? So, um, there's, there's a lot to that. You know I mean? You, people enjoy our home, you know, cause um, you know, Karen and I are very laid back. 
Um, it's kind of funny because the girls even say you guys never fight. Um, one thing is though, you know, when you, you know, I've, I've been divorced, unfortunately. And so has my, my wife, you know, and, uh, when you do meet at, I think we were both, you know, close, you know, around 40 years old. Um, I didn't say that she was that old. Um, <laughs> you already, and you've been through those relationships, you know, what you will put up with and what you won't put up with. And you just put those boundaries out there right away. And I told my wife right away, I go, you like drama. I said, you might as well just keep your ass moving down the road because I do not like drama. I don't want it. I don't want it around me. Um, but she's helped me with that. She mellows me mm. every day. You know, she just kind of keeps me calm. Mm. It's nothing that's important in our life. We just keep rolling with it. That's crazy. And while we're in the subject, uh, it's something that I've been wanting to kind of share with, uh, the listeners are watching, um, people watching, you know, and if you could touch a little bit about this, uh, there's this theory and, and it's so true. So I used to hate dogs and it, it's, it's crazy, but it, I, it was a trauma in my life that, uh, and this is kind of like the first time, but it's, some, it's an analogy that I've been kind of, uh, really studying, uh, and, you know, this dog that I have now cured that trauma for me because uh, I had a dog before that and I didn't, I mistreated it. I did I wasn't the best uh, person. Also, it makes a lot of sense what you just said, like uh, the stuff that the people I had around me, I had a lot of negativity going. So therefore I feel obviously that dragged me <laughs> to, to, even though I've always fought negativity, but being around it uh, didn't help. But you know, and I feel like that trauma comes from when I was growing up back at home in El Salvador. I, long story short, I'm pretty sure it was an ant that killed my dog that poisoned it. And she did mention that it was the neighbor that killed it. Well, I've and when I found the dog, it was laying and it had like foam coming out. So there was some kind of poison, I'm assuming. Uh, but you know, the aunt blamed the neighbor that did it. And I feel like that really hit me to that point where that's why I was and, and, and I am with the dog that I have now. So I feel like the dog that I have now kind of cured that for me. Um, I don't know if you could add on a little bit about that. Is that, am I crazy? No, for me personally, I believe that animals can cure anything. Mm. I mean, um, you know, there's, I've read some stuff you know, and it's, I, I wish I remembered quotes better. And it's something that I'm, I'm working on because we don't suck at things. Right, Billy. There you we, go. Get, we get better at everything, you know, but um, you know, a little boy's dog died and, and um, you know, the, the little boy told his parents that the reason that dogs do not live as long as what humans do is because they already know how to love and forgive. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of humans never, ever learn that, you know, where, where, I mean, think about this. How many times have you actually seen an owner beat the crap out of their dog and that dog still comes back and mm. loves them no matter what, you know, where me personally, if somebody beat the crap out of me on a daily basis, they better pray that I don't keep getting back up off the ground. Cause eventually I'm going to win, mm. you know, but the dog don't man, that is deep right there. All right, man. We just, start on the roll right away, which I figured, I figured, I knew, I knew we were. Uh, so with your parents, uh, you did mention that they did teach you a lot of basically hard work. Uh, you got to do some hard work. Uh, what are some of the stuff that, uh, I know you've, you know, in almost 
every conversation, uh, there's some kind of analogy that you bring up your dad into, or, and I know you used to fish with him a lot. Like what are some of those things that if you had to choose, I'm sure you could come up with a bigger list on this one, but we'll go with uh, top five things that you learned from your dad. What are some of the stuff that he taught you? Was of course, <clears throat> honesty. This is really kind of funny, but my dad used to always tell us, don't trust anybody that does not have some type of vice, whether it's profanity, drinking, smoking, whatever it might be, you know, if, if they don't. Those have, of you who are not watching, I just yeah, had my beer. Exactly. I beer. <laughs> but, he, but he would always say that to us, you know, and stuff, you know, that, that they have a vice. Um, this is kind of bad, but he'd always tell us also that if you're going into business with somebody, if they bring up religion every every time you have a conversation, that that is a cover. Mm. And I used to think he was very cynical for that. But as I, you know, got older and I've been in business for, you know, a long period of time, um, that has proven true. Um, That's, always, how many know, was that? You just spent a lot of fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was always funny too, because we, we grew up in a farming community. So my dad had a lot of analogies with farming or whatever it was and, and I, this is one of the things I'll never forget that my dad always said to me, and it, it goes into business and stuff all the time. And actually it can go even into life, but he would always tell us, you know, he says, he says, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, be a pig, <laughs> you know, and it, it's true. You know what, if you're trying to make all the money on every, on each and every deal, okay, eventually you're not going to have any more deals out there and stuff, you know, everything in our life has to be a win-win situation for both parties that are represented. You know, if you, you know, if you're buying a house, okay, from somebody that, you know, is in a situation that they need to sell that, or, you know, there's just so much work that needs to be done. It still needs to be equitable somehow for them. You know, if you're just out there trying to be the shark in the water, just trying to steal everything, not give a crap about anybody else in the world. Okay. They come back, mm. it comes back, it haunts you and stuff. Um, you know, one of the, another very major thing my dad always told me was there's only one person that ever looks at you in the mirror. Mm. Make sure you look at that person. Wow. Every time. Man, love it, love it. Woo. Speaking fire, man. Love it, love it. That's what it is. Love it, love it, man. Um, and to kind of keep your story rolling. Um, so when, when did that and I feel like being a cars man, like a car salesperson has that like seed of entrepreneur. Uh, would you agree with that? You know, yeah, probably in some ways, because, you know, you're always a, a commission based person, you know, um, it, it's kind of crazy um, when I, so I took a year off before I went to college after high school and uh, I worked at a manufacturing place and um, I worked in shipping. Well, we worked from like six to two 30 in the morning. Well, like we had six to 10 and then we had lunch and then that. Okay. Well, I figured out after being there a little bit that I actually picked more orders in the morning than all the full-time people would the entire day. And so I just kind of like, I do my normal thing in the morning and not really do a whole lot of thing after lunch. Well, the supervisor figured that out. And uh, he goes to me one day, he goes, James, he goes, pick more orders in the morning than anybody else does all day. I go, yep. <laughs> and he goes, but nothing in the afternoon. I go, yep. <laughs> he goes, you're going to help me in the afternoons. Well, guess what? 
It was 100 degrees in that damn warehouse. Mm. It was 70 in his office where I was at when I got hot. <laughs> um, so I, I decided way back then, I go, I'm never going to work by the hour. Mm. I'm going to get paid for what I put into it. So would you say that that was the moment that hit you about entrepreneurship? It probably then? did, at least that I just decided right then and there. I, I didn't, I didn't want to work by the hour for anybody. I mean, I just started you know, trying to figure out how to do commissions. And actually I started doing telemarketing and, um, you know, I'd get bonuses for, this is crazy. I sold lottery tickets, Australian lottery tickets. <laughs> I wish I had an Australian accent. But, Can you attempt it real quick? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. There you go. That's my Australian accent for you. Right? Well, you wrapped in the mask for us. Well, for that, the is mask right. that is true. Uh, hey, we probably can't put this out here. You're like, can we edit that? <laughs> love it, love it. That it, was man. some pretty good free roll enough. <laughs> but yeah, so that might might be what it is. I just I, I didn't want to get paid the same thing as everybody else for doing the same work or more work. You know, it just didn't make any sense to me. So I'd say maybe yeah, maybe that did, you know. And I did actually. I mean, I had paper out when I was a kid. I guess I was an entrepreneur, right? Mm, I had mm-hmm. paper out. Yeah, yeah. Um, one time I spent my paper out money and my mom almost kicked my ass. <laughs> why a stupid (laughs) i just just bought some stuff that i shouldn't have before i paid for my papers Mm, man my mom Uh, my mom charged me interest i think dang so you were learning all kinds of business uh so you you mentioned that maybe that story you shared with us uh might have had a little bit to do with the entrepreneur but when do you think that bug hit you? When were you like, man, like this, this is what I want to do. I want to invest. I want to be an investor. I want to own my yeah. own business. I really wanted to probably 25 years ago, um, but I was chicken. Mm. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I was scared. So it did um, run through your mind. Then. Yeah. I, I have loved real estate my whole life. Mm. I just thought it was, it was cool. It's kind of um, for me, especially like, like taking these houses that are, as I say, underloved. Okay. That's probably the nice way to put it, I guess. Right. And making them into something nice again. It's kind of like, I'm not an artist, you know, I don't draw, I don't, I don't rap. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. So maybe this is my artistry right here and stuff is by going in, working my ass off, doing what I can to these houses, having somebody else do the other stuff that I can't do and providing something nice for somebody else. And I take, you know, this like the underloved home and make it into something that can be loved again. Mm. And stuff. So that's, that's probably one of the things I, I love the most about it. Like the house that I'm working on right now, you know, I mean, I'm excited. The hardwood floors are going to get started on Monday. I just can't wait to see what this looks like and how excited when this thing goes up for rent, that somebody that rents this is so excited about these hardwood floors that I am too, mm. you know, and stuff. So maybe, maybe that's my way of being an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, James, that's a big, uh, huge point because I look at that. Everything that I do is art construction. Obviously it goes along with real estate, but concrete, for example, a stamp concrete to me, I look at it or a, a roof. I look at the roof and I'm like, wow, that's, that's art. And especially while in the pro during the process where you kind of see it go from the way that it, the, the roofing gets laid, for example. Um, so I totally agree with that, man. And especially with the houses. And I love that you call them underloved houses. That that's uh, something I haven't heard. So I love that. Um, those of you listening who are in real estate, that's, that's the, that's what we're going to start calling them now. That's, that's right. the new title. They're not um, a shithole. 
They're not. <laughs> yeah. They're underloved. Okay. Yeah. They they need somebody to come in and mold them back into what their their beauty was at one time. Mm-hmm. Man, and and especially when you have the, I feel like with the underloved houses, and then you have the before and afters. That's art. That's art. You yeah. see the the bad floors, and then after with the good floors. So I, I love that you touched on that. And since we're kind of jumping in the subject, um, why real estate? I, I think it just, it's always intrigued me. What? And maybe it's because I, you know what? I lived in an underloved house. You mm. know, my house was not that nice growing up. They tore the son of a bitch down, hmm. you know? Um, the, we had a trailer before the house. The trailer was nicer than the house. We, we moved into this house and it was honestly, there was one bedroom and a big living room. And you know, this older house. So then you just got like that big heater in the, in the main room, you know? Well, I was the youngest of the boys, so I got to sleep on the couch. Mm. My sister, that first winter, she had like a, a, a fold-up bed that she got to. My brothers, they actually had to sleep on like uh, those those thick moving blankets on the floor. Mm. So, mm-hmm. And my poor mm-hmm. brother, Troy, I puked chili on him one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> he beat my ass. But, um, but I mean, that's how I, you know, that's how we grew up and stuff. And uh, then the next year, we, we built two bedrooms onto it. I mean, my dad, when my, my dad bought the house, he knew we were going to do it. We had a really large lot with big garden and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, we didn't grow up with the nicest house in the world. So I really do enjoy taking the real estate and making it something that somebody can be proud to live in again, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I mean, of course guys, guess what? I make money too, Mm -hmm. but you know what? It's a win-win. Yeah. I'm winning because I'm investing my money and, and I am making some money, but at the same time, somebody is getting a, a very nice rental that maybe, unfortunately they can't have, they can't purchase that themselves, but you know, we can still give them a very respectful place that they live because no matter what you're doing in life, you know what, you're working your ass off, you know? Um, and so, you know, for people, you, you have to have pride, mm. you know, and you need to, everybody needs that, you know, I mean, hell, I wasn't prideful of the house I grew up in. I'll be honest, you know, I mean, it was not that nice, but you know what, it's what my parents could provide for us. And you know what, I don't have to tell you, I had running water. Mm-hmm. I had a roof, mm-hmm. you know, I had a shower, although in the winter time, seriously, guys, we had to run the hot water for a little bit to get the ice off the bottom of the shower, you know, otherwise you'd slip fall on your ass or whatever it happened mm. and stuff so i think maybe that's why i do like real estate just because i i always dreamed about you know like, like i'd see people with these nice houses you know like i said i had the paper out so i delivered every paper in town so i'd see these nice houses and kind of think god i wish i had a house that nice mm. and stuff so now you know it's kind of funny um my house is nice but it's nothing you know crazy i don't need that much in life but i enjoy making another house that's beautiful for somebody else mm. Man, love it, love it, man. And and you mentioned leaving things better. And I, I'm a true believer in that. And, and I feel like that's why I do the stuff that I do with music, motivation, right? Like you motivate people, you leave them better. Uh, now the whole coaching thing that I'm doing, the mastermind, like all that stuff, I, I would hope and pray that I'm leaving people better after the conversations that we have and everything. And obviously, Go, going on into real estate you just mentioned leaving things better and i don't think it's uh anything you, you you made a joke about you know and we make money and and that that's the thing guys is that anybody out there listening when you leave things better you're gonna make money regardless you being a car person you you throw some new tires on a car you get a paint job and 
do whatever else you got to do, guess what? You're leaving that car better. So therefore, when you sell it, you're going to make money. Right. Uh, and, and I don't think, uh, and, and you know what? Relationships. We, we talked a little about relationships. Uh, I, I hope that the relationships that I've touched, whether we ended them good, bad in, in their eyes, I can sit here and tell you that I left them better, that there was some kind of knowledge that they, they gain or, you know, whatever. And I feel like that's how you have to do everything, not just an under love house or, and, and I feel like I can sense that you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't like to leave any relationship on a bad note Mm -hmm. at all. Unfortunately I have, you Mm -hmm. know, and you know, and the thing about it, we, we talk about our, you know, discrepancy in ages and stuff sometimes, you know, and uh, I, I'll guarantee, you know, I mean, when I was in my twenties and, and part of it is the environment that you're in too, you know, when you're in those, in those franchise stores like that, you're, you're kind of an asshole because of the fact that you have, you know, the owner that's yelling at the managers, the manager yells at the salesperson, the salesperson is getting treated crappy by the customer and stuff. So it's just a really negative environment. I, I can't even believe that I've stayed in it mm. um, sometimes when I think about it, but um but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed relationships of, of meeting people. I met an extremely um, amount of very nice, very good people and stuff. And we've discussed this before, you know, like 99% of the people that you come in contact with are fantastic people. And the hardest thing is, is to make sure that you don't treat that 99% of people like crap because of that, that 1% of yeah. all the jacks in the world that, you know, they're jackasses. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it, you know? And uh, so you just, you don't have to move past that stuff, you know? And, and like I said, I mean, I know I've, you know, unfortunately in the past I've, I've left relationships in the wrong way. And that's something that I've really worked on is myself a lot more too, because you you really have to, again, look at yourself in the mirror, Mm. you know, can you be proud of that? You know, and there's been times, guess what? I wasn't, Mm. you know, and that's part of, of growing and uh, becoming more mature and, um, and just working to be a better person overall. So that's, that's a lifetime journey for me now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I just hope I can, you know, spread that to other people and stuff. You know, I mean, we've had many discussions by, you know, I've got a six-year-old grandson and about a nine month old. And those two little boys are the, you know, two of the most important people in my entire life. And that's why I do a lot of what I do right now is stuff is to hopefully leave a legacy for them. And, uh, you know, if we have any other grandchildren for them too. So, um, so that maybe they don't have to do all the experiences that we did. Mm-hmm. They have a little better experiences in life. And since we're kind of obviously with the real estate stuff, stuff that you do, what are top five things that you would recommend somebody getting into real estate, uh, whether they're newbies or just already tagging along and doing their stuff? Uh, what are some experiences that you can share some wisdom top five things that you should watch out for in real estate. Um, Number one is the unknowing. Um, Anytime you go in on one of these old houses, just be prepared. If you're thinking you're going to spend 25 grand, you better have another five or 10 sitting there just in case. Mm. Um, They're like, sounds bad. Like old people, they break easier. (laughs) There's more things that go wrong. I mean, I'm just saying that from me. How my wife probably scared she. Yeah, not about me. Don't not you. Me. No, you're too young. <laughs> Karen's probably so scared she's gonna be pushing me around in a wheelchair before long um, because of the stupid stuff I've done to my body. But unfortunately, if if a house is not taken care of, 
okay, correctly, that same stuff is going to happen mm. to them as it does our body. Or like I tell people all the time, like cars, you know, if a car is not serviced correctly or anything, you know what, the opportunity for it to break down, of course, is going to be a hell of a lot higher than one that's been serviced well mm. and stuff. So just be always be ready for the unknown on those. Um, honestly, that's, I don't have like five things, you know, I mean, that sounds bad. Just go into it with a positive attitude, take action, just get after it. And so we, we both meet all these younger guys, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that are out there just killing it. And um, it's kind of funny. People kind of laugh at me sometimes because I look up to these younger guys. You know, I look up to you. You're 15 years younger than I am. And you've done all this shit in your life. Yeah, you just I, hate me out there. I know you're like 20. <laughs> um, 21. <laughs> and stuff, you know, but we, ha- you know, we all know a lot of guys right here in Lincoln, man, these guys that are like 25 years old, they're out there killing it and stuff. And it's because they took action. And you know what, guys, if you're young gals, if you're young, take the action, take, you know, risk now, mm. don't wait, don't wait to your, you know, older person like me, you know what, I'll take risks, but they're calculated. Always make sure it's calculated. Would you, you know? I, I almost want to argue about that. I feel like you have to calculate it. Even if you are young, you still and I have feel to, like yeah. that's why they are where they are. If you right. could elaborate a little no, bit. No, absolutely. It has to be calculated. Like we discussed earlier, you can't have one exit strategy when you're going into a house. If you go, oh, I'm going to flip this house. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I'm ever going to do. And it doesn't, doesn't pencil out to be able to burr it or just make it into a rental or, or whatever it is. If you, you have to calculate part of it, but when you are younger, you can take a little bit more risk. You have less to lose at that point. You can recover quicker. You know, if you go in there and you F it up. Okay, great. You can recover. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm probably, I will calculate everything. I probably drive my wife nuts. We, she was texting me today about the house. Are we going to change that? No. Why? That's great. I just tell her it's like hardwood floors. Don't know how much it's going to cost to redo. Mm-hmm. I go, it's calculated. It is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there's calculated risk, but I think at a younger age, you can take more risks mm-hmm. than somebody that's a little bit older, especially man, if you don't have a spouse or kids or, you know, anything like that, me personally, I used to eat like ramen noodles and little mini pizzas I made myself. I could probably survive on $400 a month because I lived with four other guys. And what the hell was our rent? $1,000 a month. Five of us lived there. We threw parties every weekend to pay for that. I mean, <laughs> keggers. And- Kegger, we, did, we did, seriously. Oh, no, $550 a month. That's where our rent was. $550 mm. for a, for a, um, actually, it was probably would have been a four two, but we made the landing into another bedroom. Yeah, five fifty a month plus utilities mm. and stuff. And and I'll tell you what, and I'll just go with this: if you're a landlord, take care of your shit. Mm. We used to have seriously, we had a um, our furnace. We called it the dragon. It would go out on the coldest <laughs> nights of the of the year. Okay, I like that. And, and I never knew. Not that I, I want a dragon yeah, furnace, but <laughs> yeah. I had a water bed. I didn't know that the furnace would go out. You know, I'm mean, I'm still warm in my nice warm water bed. Well, me and one of my other roommates we were the only ones that would go down and light it because one guy would have to stand on one side and push this button down as the other one lit it, and it would shoot a flame out. We had a black mark over on the concrete wall. Or that flame would hit. Wow. And stuff. 
So this was down in the bottoms, y'all. Everybody knows where the bottoms are in Lincoln and stuff, you know. Not going to say who my landlord was. Um, <laughs> You're like, they're still around. I just bought a house. He was them. a fireman on top of it. Um, but, oh, man. <laughs> That's not good at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would always go out on, like, the coldest, coldest nights of the year. And, like, and like I'd get woke That's up. That's probably why he had that flame. Out. He's like, oh, I could take care of that. Just one call away. One call. <laughs> but holy yeah it would it was like it was probably like five feet over that wall too Mm. so yeah but that's what um since you brought up landlording um i can sense that you're a great landlord uh and i've talked to you many times about some of the stuff that you're doing and uh can you give some advice to somebody out there that uh is trying to get into the real estate investing and they do become a landlord what are some of the stuff that you do to be a good landlord don't be an asshole that you should Mm. seriously You, you you gotta Think about like this, okay? If these people, whatever they're paying you for rent, whatever that is, okay, it's a lot of money to them, okay? They don't deserve to live in a shithole. You know, take care of the problems, fix the problems, you know? Um, If you do that, you're going to have tenants that are there with you longer. And actually, this is going to crack you up. I hadn't told you this. So my house on D Street, one of my tenants that had moved out two times before, okay? She actually called me because she has went and rented from corporate for the last two years. Mm. Asked me if I had anything available. She goes, you are by far the best wow. landlord I've ever had. Mm. But I try to get things. Not surprised. I just try to get things taken care of. You know, mm. I mean, if, um, you know, luckily I have uh, enough people that I can call that they can get somebody over there if there's an issue. And I try to get it taken care of within 24 to 48 hours. I mean, it doesn't, mm. doesn't always happen. Um, if it is something that's, you know, major, like, well, Shit, two years ago, it was so cold that winter, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, one of my tenants, their heat kept going on and off and stuff. Of course, you know, when the call comes in here, everybody, four o'clock on Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think and I might've taken that handyman call. I maybe, think he, but, I think, but <laughs> you know, of course I got told, actually, no, you know what? Don't know. I had to call you guy. Your guy couldn't get there. I had to have mm-hmm. go over there. And they told me that James is going to be weekend after hour mm-hmm. hours and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care. Take I mean, it's, it. it's got to be fixed. Yeah. And, and number, so one thing you got to take care of, you know, your renter, but number two, remember it was seriously, it was like 10 below zero, mm-hmm. no heat in your house. You got to protect your investment also, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So just, you know, if you're looking to get into, you know, being a landlord, you know, those are two main things. Not only are you protecting, you know, your tenant and taking care of that tenant, which hopefully is going to be a longer term tenant because nobody wants turnover every year, you know, but you have to, protect your investment at the same time. You know, that's why we're all. What's your that. argument, James, with, uh, since it goes along with this, um, there's a lot of uh, teaching out there that uh, says other people's money. And I feel like uh, that gets mixed in with the wrong information because uh, I've had deals where that I bought that are brand new, everything's new. And then here comes uh you know, fifteen two thousand dollar water heater. He comes, and then after that, some thousand dollar electrical work on yeah. top of that. A week later, and then, and this is a the honest truth. Um, we put a new water heater in there because the other one just died, and then we have to put a new one again because uh, the warranty didn't cover it, and it died within a year. Oh wow! And it's like a and it's a true story, and I feel like that's where. Um, that information can impact somebody. Yeah. It comes back to like, you were talking about the calculated risks and stuff. And like I said, yeah, guys, if you're younger, you can take more risks, but if you are renting homes to people, you, 
or flipping them, no matter what. My opinion, it's kind of like a-holes. We all have them. Okay. But my opinion is you need to have some money stashed back. I don't spend any money off my rentals and stuff. That money is just goes into account and it sits there because who knows central air unit goes out furnace system, you know, hell, I don't know. Tree limb falls on your, on the roof and your insurance doesn't cover it. You know, no matter what, you know, that roof is going to be four to $10,000 depending on who you have come and do it. Okay. If you don't have that money sitting there, who's, where's it going to come from? Mm. You know? So me personally, that's how I do it. And I, even when I, for do any buy younger houses, guys out there, what would you recommend? Uh, even if you had to give like a number or like, what would you recommend uh, for somebody to get into real estate? Minimum of 20 grand sitting there. But I personally, especially with the price, prices of everything have went up so much, you know, I mean, damn, what is a hot water heater? A thousand bucks now? For yeah, decent, a little more actually. You know, for a decent hot water heater. I well, remember, installed, I should right, say, yeah. I remember getting them for 350, mm-hmm. 400 oh, yeah. installed, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you know, probably... You know, it, being smart about it, 50 grand, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be a landlord. Man, I love that know? because uh, I always say 30 to 50. Yeah. If you want to, and and again, this is not, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody either uh, because I love that you said take risk and everything, but realistic, I think that uh, you should do that. And, and if you do it that way, again, with the real estate terminology, you're building a good foundation. Yep. Absolutely. Because from there, that, that foundation, you got to build. So now the roots are going to get in there and, and everything's going to go up uh, the right way. And the thing about it is guys is like, I am still a newbie in the real estate business. As far as that goes, I still have a W2 job. Okay. I worked from 5 a.m. yesterday till midnight. Mm. Okay. I worked this morning. I worked my W-2 today. Where, when you say you worked last night, where were you? Um, because I, I think you didn't clarify the part. I know, well, I, I know, I know where you were, but. So I worked from um, nine to five at my W-2 yesterday. Then I went to a house that I am making into a rental. That's a burr. Um, I got done there about 9 30 10 o'clock with everything i do at that place then i went to the house that we were getting ready to flip and started tearing carpets up so i could see what the hardwoods underneath looked like Mm. and stuff so um luckily for me my wife is out of town this weekend which makes that easier i don't uh get any phone calls but uh at the same time if she would have been in town she would have been there ripping up carpet with me Mm. um but anybody that goes into this thinking it's easy don't get in it Mm. because it's not Mm. And uh, I look pretty good today. I don't think I got yeah. too many bags, you know, but I, I slept for about five and a half hours last night. Mm. And you know what, James? I love that. I love it, love it, love it that you brought that up because social media makes things look flashy. It makes it look uh, shiny, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, and so I love that you touched on that because I feel the same way. Uh, I talk about these things. There's a post that I made where Literally, my question was, oh, so you want to get into real estate? And it was me showing a bedroom that we tore out the damn concrete out of because we had to get the main pipe. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and it's stuff like that that a lot of these quote unquote gurus aren't telling you. Right. right. And and I feel like uh, you jump into something that could potentially not. I mean, I've, I've known people that have bought places with hard money if you will which mm-hmm. i'm still lending hard money if anybody's interested uh, i still take hard money loans <laughs> but uh i feel like uh you need to have some kind of um 
experience yes. because I know some people that have taken them and then they don't have any other exit strategy, but to exit the property right. and hope that they actually make some of their money back or just sell it for and lose money on right. it. I, I wish that, and we both know there's a, a new show that just came out that unfortunately is not going to be on a lot of the bigger platforms and stuff about the funding of these deals mm -hmm. and everything. And I mm -hmm. wish it was out there because it's like you said, all everybody shows out there is on the HGTV, just showing the sparkly little diamonds. And wow, I just, you know, I'm in California. I made $500,000 flipping this house and nobody knows where the hell they got their money from, mm. you know, or how that funding or in reality, all the bullshit they went through. I mean, cause all you're seeing, you know, you're putting this, you know, house that took three months to complete in 30 minutes, mm. you know, mm -hmm. so nobody's seeing, I mean, the current house we that I'm working on right now, I've been in the thing for six weeks seven mm -hmm. weeks, something like that. We're starting to get to the finish line. And I'll tell you the worst thing about the finish line is guess what? When you're down to that last, like 10%, 5%, 2%, 1%, shit, it takes more. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> more when you percentages get, come up. Yeah. It's like when you get to that point, you know, you're just like, ah, we're almost there. Come on, we can keep going. And, and just like, and as a contractor, I, I, I want to make a point because uh, you, the, the nice thing is, and, and anybody out there listening, you're kind of picking and choosing your battles. And what I mean by that is, uh, hey, Billy, can you paint the outside? Hey, Billy, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, whatever. Right. You're you're kind of picking and choosing the areas where you don't want to deal with, which I love. I think anybody out there um, getting into it, but because you had that nest egg also, right. right? You have to know what your pay grade is when it comes to construction. Mm. And what I mean by pay grade is you need to know what you're comfortable doing, Okay and what you're not comfortable doing because the thing about it is the things that you're you know there's some guys that you know what they just pick up stuff very easily and they can do it okay you can cost yourself a shit ton of money by thinking oh i can do this and you screw it up and then guess what mm. you already spent all your money mm. on materials but now you messed it all up so now you have to do what you have to pay for materials again plus have a professional come and do it and the professional might actually charge you more because have they got to tear your crap. Yeah, out. yeah. No, I've never had that done because of the fact of guess what? You just left it. I know. <laughs> no, I know my pay grade. I'm not the handiest guy in the world. Mm. Ask my wife; she'll tell you. She's like, shit. It takes me a year to get something done, um, <laughs> and stuff. And we all know how that is in our own houses, though. No, too. and I was um, gonna say though, your your house is beautiful. You've done a lot well, of stuff that I thank you. You had me over the wife for some steak and and everything looked great in there. So you've done your stuff. I, I've seen done, worse. I've, so, I've, some, I've definitely seen people that, but, but I know what you mean. Your own stuff comes stuff. last. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that, but that's, that is bad. It sounds that's easier stuff. You know, like I'll be honest, I'm going to be the last guy to probably touch plumbing or electrical. Mm -hmm. And I look at it like this, um, like the plumbing, um, I can flood my investment if I don't do it correctly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I just do to myself, um, electrical, I can burn a house down and kill somebody. Mm. Okay. And guess what? I'm also scared of electricity mm -hmm. on top of it. So it's like, uh, I don't want to touch the shit. I burnt myself. Actually, I burnt myself this week. As a matter of fact, one finger over it would have really lit me up. Mm. And I didn't even, uh, I wasn't trying to mess with the electrical. I just found a box. I didn't know what the hell it was. And <laughs> I'm a guy. <laughs> so We start tugging on things, you know, and uh, next thing I know, I'm like, what the hell is my hand doing? I can just feel it vibrating seriously. <laughs> Damn. And I'm like, that was how your body starts vibrating. Well, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, what the hell? And I'm bleeding and I'm like, oh shit, mm. I arc that, you know? And <laughs> so why well, don't touch electricity? 
mm-hmm. and stuff. So, so pick and choose your battles, and I and that's what I love about your story because um, you're kind of like one foot in, one foot out as far as you know where where you're going. Uh, you know, I obviously uh, I know your goals and everything that we're building together that I'm backing you up on, and uh, I know exactly where you're heading. I know where you're gonna be. Uh, but also the nice thing is that you're not afraid of putting work because, uh, there is that, uh, e-myth out there, right. Where don't be the manager and the entrepreneur, right? Like you, 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 but also guys, anybody out there listening, this is like, I had to do that. You know, uh, matter of fact, to this day, if, uh, somebody doesn't show up, I have to show up because it is my company. It is me. So I feel like there's, there's a lot of, uh, definitely, great things that you're building the foundation on that, yes. that in the future, you're just going to be, I, like I said, I already, I, we both know where your future is going to yes, be. Absolutely. So I love that. Pick and choose your battles. Love it. Love it. You have to hustle at the beginning. You have, you have to hustle. To. Uh, I feel like that's one thing that uh, gets kind of, we talk about on the mastermind, take the stairs, right? Yes, like it, the elevator is nice, but take the steps. You have to, you yeah. want to build something nice, take the steps. If you want to appreciate something in life, you have to put the work in. Mm. Okay. Think about it. You, you look at all these, you know, we all have them in our lives. We always see them or, you know, we see them, see the Kardashians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can we share that story real quick? Yeah, you can share it. <laughs> so, uh, number we, one, we, I hate the Kardashians just so y'all know. <laughs> Hold up. So we, we, we record all our, uh, get uncomfortable sessions that we do. And, uh, there was one where you had a couple beers, but you, and what I loved is that you still join in. As a matter of fact, I can sit here and tell you that you haven't missed one. You, there's been times where you've had to be gone and you still jumped in at least for a little bit. So I want to honor you. And that that's where I give you the flowers, man. You know, you talked about flowers earlier. This is what this show is about is giving you the flowers. I like moms. There you go. (laughs) But uh, the funny thing, guys, is that there was one meeting where I was basically, and matter of fact, I'll give you guys this lesson, anybody out there listening, that uh, most people uh, are too busy watching TV. They're watching the Kardashians and all that. That is not what we're doing. Uh, And as a matter of fact, I'll get even deeper. Uh, You know, you want to be poor, then watch what poor people watch. You want to get rich, then watch and read what rich people do. If you want to get poor, then read what rich, what poor people read, because they are reading stuff that are making them poor bottom line. And that's why we're doing it in this podcast, whether you like it or not, that's what it is. And that's what I was preaching on that episode. And it's funny because when I mentioned Uh, I did mention like, you know, if you want to be poor, then watch the Kardashians Um, and James on the video. And maybe, you know what, if with your permission, can I show the clip? Maybe I I, I don't care. That's that's fine. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to get the one because I mean, I might have been about eight, nine years deep. I mean, I was on vacation. (laughs) I'm going to show the clip. Let let it roll. Watch Netflix with broke people. The shit that broke people watch, Kardashians, whatever. I don't even know what the fuck they're called anymore. Uh, all that shit is what they watch. You want to be famous. <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> you made this phase of disgust. Uh, I love it, man, because uh, and that just tells you where you are mentally, where you're heading. So anyways, I just wanted to bring that story up. It's when my wife caught her on video and then she showed it to you. Or, yeah, she showed it she to showed, you. And, yeah. So it's a it's a funny uh, thing that we bring up, like the James uh, Kardashian. He's going to bring that up, bring that up at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> 
man, mention about funeral. Um, there, there's so many great things, I guess. Uh, where are you heading now? What, what, what's James looking into? Uh, and, and actually to tie it in, where is this market heading, man? Where are we in the next six months? You have the crystal ball right now to tell us where the market is heading. Because one thing I love about you is you haven't stopped. Um, Matter of fact, you're building more building now more. than ever. Yes. So if you could touch on that. This is the crystal ball. Prices are going to keep going up. But if you go in strategically and you know what you're looking at and you take your time a little bit on it and you study what's going on. I, people laugh at me all the time because if they go and look at my Zillow, I have so many saved homes. I probably have more saved homes. than <laughs> How I, many did you have last time I talked? 480 some <laughs> um, that are on the market and stuff. And, and people go, why the hell do you do that? It, that right there is part of education. And so, so if I'm looking at a house in an area, mm. I'm like, oh shit, I got a house. I saved it mm. and stuff. And if you, just so you guys know, if you save those in Zillow, okay, they'll stay there forever until you kick it out. I never kick any of mine out because once they go sold, great. You know what? I might have a comp. Maybe I bought a house a block down the street and stuff and boom, that's a comp and mm. stuff. As a matter of fact, a gentleman I know, he he flipped a house earlier this year. I used that house for a comp on one of my burrs two months ago. Mm. It, was, it helped me get the money I needed out of that thing. So um, our price is going to go down. Probably not. You know, I mean, it, people are going to pay it, but, and they know it, you know, sorry guys, price of new cars aren't going to go down either. Mm. They'll just make fewer because they know. We'll people are buying it. them. Yeah. And stuff. So I don't see, I mean, will there be a little bit of influx? Yeah. I think they'll get, you know, it'll kind of go like this, but I don't think it's ever going to go just nosedive or anything ever again. So, you know, if you want to keep building wealth, you need to buy real estate. Don't keep socket in your 401k for, some asshole in New York to decide what it's going to be worth. Cause that's really what it is. It's, it's all somebody deciding what that stock is going to be worth on this day. Mm. You know? All right, man, you, you've dropped some fire, like that dragon that you talked about. That, <laughs> that was an awesome story, by the way. I'm lucky uh, I have any hair on the arms. <laughs> and it's so crazy. Cause there's so many crazy stories with the real estate that, that we'd love, but um I hate to wrap it up, but we have to go watch the Huskers probably lose most likely right now. Um, but there's a few questions that I ask every guest and uh, to kind of wrap things up, I would like to ask you those questions. So the first one that I have for you is I wrote the power of being uncomfortable. And those of you who aren't watching, I'm showing the, the, the book, um, but it's out everywhere. You got to throw it out there. Billythekid.com if you want to get an autographed copy. What is one way, James, that you have gotten uncomfortable that got you to, or that helped you get to where you're at now? Honestly, probably the most uncomfortable thing that I have done is honestly these videos and stuff. I mean, a lot of people like, you know, God bless my oldest brother. He's my biggest cheerleader. I think, you know, um, he's always telling me how much more comfortable I am on these videos. He says, it's not like you're talking to the camera anymore. You're just talking to us and everything, um, which I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Um, but that was, that was like the worst. I mean, taking a cold shower, like we've done, uh, taking an ice bath one time. Um, that was nothing compared to this stuff right here. Mm. Stuff, Cause I just like to be in my own little world. Has it paid off? Absolutely. Mm. I have um, in the last 30 days, I've had three people that I probably have not talked to in a decade that hit me up 
um, tell me about properties mm. and stuff. So it definitely is, um, you know, what's VCG say? Loudest person in the room. Yeah. yeah. Loudest dog in the room gets dog. fed. Loudest dog gets fed. So, you know, it's just, it's getting out there and it, and it works um, mm. and stuff. So that, but that has been very uncomfortable. Love it. Love it, man. And then what is, so we're going to take it back. If you had to look at your younger self right now and give yourself some advice, what would be that piece of advice that you would give yourself? Just do it. Mm. Just do it. Wow. Okay. Don't be scared. Just um, take action. If I, if I would have done what I do now, when I was in my twenties, um, I seriously would probably have a hundred million dollars in property. Mm. So if you're, whatever you're trying to accomplish in life, just don't be scared. Just, you know, put your head down, put the work in and go after it. Love it. Love it, man. And actually I have a whole chapter about fear in the book. So anybody out there listening, check it out. And then the next question that I have for you is if there was a three-step formula and no matter what, if you do these three things, you're going to succeed. What are the three things that James says that you should do? Number one, work. Number two, work. And number three, work. Mm. Anything that is worth getting is going to take work. Mm. If you think that it's going to come simple, sit your ass in the corner and just take a timeout mm. because it's not going to happen. You know, nobody is born with a you know silver spoon in their mouth per se, at least that I know. And if they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, guess what? Their parents or their grandparents or somebody already worked their ass off so you could have that. Mm. I mean, because I think what is it usually like third generation owners are the ones that screw it up for mm -hmm, everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's because and well, honestly, it's almost like every other is yeah, what I what I've read into the studies is, show yeah, that yeah. if you change it, then the next generation screws it up and then the next one has to go back and fix it's it. Because nobody and honestly, you know what? It's you can blame it on the generation that worked their ass off because they didn't teach their kids mm. what it took to get there and stuff. That's that's one thing I can tell you. If there is anything that my dad taught us was to work. Mm. You know, that guy during harvest season, he, he'd be gone for two days straight, come home, eat, take a shower and take an hour nap and go back to hustle. Yes. To work. To work. Mm. Love it. Love it, man. Wow. That's the first time that uh, somebody has given us all three into one. And it's true. It I true. agree. I agree. How much, man. You, love how much it. have you worked in the last 15 years? Man. Yeah. A lot. No? Yeah. Love it. Love it, man. Uh, and then if you were to write a book, James, what would be the title and the theme of the book? Title would be. Work. The time to take risk <laughs> is now. Mm. And the theme would be. Um, Say it loud. Don't be a pussy. Just go and do it. You know, we have one life. Okay. Say say the title again because I was kind of jumping in there. So the title and the theme. Go ahead. I might have lost it. I might have just, <laughs> I might have just slept. the 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 beer must have gotten into. <laughs> yeah. The time the, is now. The time is now. Just just do it. You know. Um. Actually, it's kind of funny. I say we only have one life to live. That's incorrect. Okay. We live every day. Mm. We only die once. Mm. Okay. So live your life. You know. And this is another thing. You know what? We don't live our life to make other people happy all the time and mm -hmm. stuff. Sometimes bad. Sometimes you have to be selfish to go get what you want in life. Also, 
Mm. You know, that's where I'm, I feel extremely lucky and extremely blessed is I have my wife on my path with me and stuff. And if, if, and I said earlier, if your spouse or significant other is not on that same path with you, boy, it's going to be rocky. And, and, uh, I wouldn't want to be on that road, Mm. man, fire, fire, man, dragon, Dollar, dragon breathing dragon dollar james <laughs> spitting fire man love it love it bro well james i want to thank you man this has been awesome uh honestly it was like expected i knew we were going to bring some dragon fire to the episode because of uh the conversations that i've had and that i'm, I'm i keep having with you it's like every time we talk man there's always something that uh, uh i leave with uh with our conversation so once again man i want to thank you for the the business i want to thank you for the partnership stuff the mentee stuff the opportunity to mentor you man but most importantly the friendship man i want to thank you for the french friendship that we've uh grown into uh and i can't wait to see you meet all these goals that you have man because you will and uh you're uh, like I always tell you, man, it's going to happen sooner than you think with, with the work that you're putting in. And I love that. Uh, that's definitely something that you, you shown in this episode. Don't be scared of working guys. Yep. Absolutely not. And if you think you can make it somewhere in life on 40 hours, you think those CEOs and stuff work 40 hours. No, those dudes are in that office at four or five o'clock in the morning and stuff. Mm. So you might think that, you know, all these people that have made it haven't worked or they're still not working. It's because you're blind to it. And stuff mm. there, maybe you don't see them working at work, but I guess, especially in today's world, they have an office at home that that damn computer is hooked up to. And if there's an issue at midnight, they're in there doing it and mm. stuff. So, um, just work, but have some fun at the same time and reward yourself for it. Mm. Love it. Love it, man. Well, thank you, James. Again, Absolutely. thank you for your friendship and everything that, that, uh, we're building, man. Uh, anybody everybody out there listening actually the last before we wrap everything up uh, where can people find you actually i almost um, forgot i mean you're, you know, you're a million dollar yeah, james man yeah, that's right i don't really use that but um you know i'm on i'm on facebook it's just me i've also got uh gmail's jts prop solutions at gmail.com i'm on ig um you know best number to get me is at 402 600 quick kwik that of course i use that for a lot of my stuff um it's just simple, easy for people to remember. Um, you know, come knock on my door. I don't care. Let's just have some fun and live life to the fullest. Mm, love it. Love it, man. Anybody out there listening, uh, what I want you guys to do right now is screenshot the episode with James, Million Dollar James. And I want you guys to tag James. I want you guys to tag me at Billy the Kid. And I want you guys to tag the Million Dollar Hustle Pod. And if you tag us, we're going to also reshare. So that way your name gets out there. James name gets out there and my name gets out there. The the podcast gets out there and let's spread this positivity that we're talking about, man, because that's what life is about. Subscribe to my channel, youtube.com slash Billy the Kid, which actually YouTube just announced that now they have a uh at name so now my at is at billy the kid so nice. you should probably look into that too so go to uh youtube subscribe and then anybody anywhere podcasts are available you guys will find the million dollar hustle podcast baby with that being said see you on the next one baby vamanos, vamanos. <laughs> keep it going you gotta trust the process you be who you hang with and you hanging out with bosses to hang with us you gotta be stable and it's a must to bring something to the table.